Hi everyone, this is Dan Miller and you're listening to Speaking of Products. On this show, I focus on what it takes to start and grow a business around technology products. These days, there are so many fantastic people creating all sorts of wonderful technology products that make our world a better place. For every one of the popular platforms you know and love, there are many more new and lesser known ones on the way. I'm on the journey myself to create a technology product business, and so I've produced this podcast as a way of sharing the ideas, strategies, and tactics I discover on the way. There's always something we can learn from ambitious founders and what they do to get ahead. The goals here are to highlight what has worked for the success stories and to uncover what is going on with those hidden gems. Hi there, and welcome to Speaking of Products, Episode 8. In today's episode, I have the pleasure of chatting with Kevin Gerdeke. Kevin is the founder of a product called XD to Sketch, who I met over Twitter a few months ago when I was out there scouring around for interesting products to talk about. Something struck me with XD to Sketch. It's one of those products which has evolved from being a real simple little tool which is created by a developer for a certain purpose. And before you know it, there's a lot of people out there getting value out of it. And so it's naturally organically turned into a product. Had a lot of fun talking to Kevin today. He's a really nice guy and he's given us all sorts of good advice that aspiring product creators can work with. In particular, there were three things that Kevin spoke about that really struck well with me. The first one was experimenting with different prices for your product in order to find the right fit between the value people receive and the prices they're willing to pay. Uh, The second item that I liked what Kevin spoke about was talking to customers to understand which features to focus on for the product to evolve. And the third item I really liked that Kevin spoke about, which I reckon everyone can get a lot of value out, especially these days with the isolation that's been happening, is meeting regularly with like-minded people that work on similar things to you in order to share goals, keep each other in check, that sort of thing. Kevin says it really helps overcome some of the issues associated with working by yourself. And I completely agree with that. So without further ado, let's get into the interview, shall we? Hey, Kevin, thanks for joining us, man. It's very good to have you here today. Hey there. All right. So what I wanted to do with the interview today is just talk a little bit about your background as a product developer. And I reckon the folks on the other side listening in will get a lot of value about hearing a story about the product you created, but how it's evolved over time to grow into different use case scenarios and people are getting a lot of value at it and you're finding your market's growing fast there. So how does that sound? We go into that today. Sounds very good. I think there's a lot to share. Nice. Before we get into it, a little bit of background about Kevin. Kevin, you're from Berlin, is that right? That is correct. So what do you like about living in Berlin? Uh, I initially moved here because probably within Germany, there's uh, the most going on with uh, in the startup ecosystem in Berlin. Um, and I initially moved here for an accelerated program uh, with my last startup. Very cool. Uh, what do you get up to outside of work for fun or relaxation? Just uh, working out, sometimes meeting friends, uh, that kind of stuff. Nice. I sometimes try to read, read uh, books, uh-huh. but it's mainly work as well, startups and all that stuff. Ah, very so, cool, yeah. What, what's the latest book you read? Uh, I'm looking at it right now. It's called Zero to Sold yeah. by Arvid Karl. I think the guy is actually based in Berlin as well. By Arvid Karl, yeah. He has an awesome story, doesn't he? he st- I think his story was all about um, he created uh, a software service for um, people in the teaching industry. Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah. Yeah. Good story. Anyone who's out there who's ever heard of, um, who's interested in that sort of story, 
get a look at that book. It's a good one. We'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, especially for people that are trying to bootstrap their business. Um, I think that there might be some interesting insights in there for you guys. Yeah. All right. So we'll, we'll get into your product in a second, but how would you describe what you do at the moment? Like, what do you describe as your profession? That's interesting. You should probably not ask my grandma about that. She would <laughs> <laughs> She would probably say this guy is unemployed or something like that. Um, <laughs> Uh, that's very, a very interesting question. Um, I mean, if you would ask me what I spent most of my time with, uh, then it's, it's probably something lately that I would describe as like what a product manager typically would do in like a bigger team. Yeah. Um, because it's becoming uh, less and less, uh, software development and I'm a software developer actually. Okay. Uh, so- it's a lot of new stuff for me. I'm, I'm, I'm learning new stuff every day. And uh, I, I actually really, really like that about the, the whole thing. Because you're um, full-time on your product, aren't you now? Correct, correct, yeah. Wow. yeah. So essentially, yeah. you probably get the, the role of a many-hat product owner now. You're going to be doing all sorts of things, yeah. <laughs> That's probably even confusing yeah. for your grandmother to describe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I told, for example, I told my parents and my grandparents like what I do and like what I work on. I, I mean, obviously, they don't have an understanding of of what it is in detail, but I mean, they, they know that I'm working on something my, like, like my own product. And, um, I mean, I tell them it's going well, <laughs> so they must believe me nice. <laughs> to some extent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They must be proud, man. Let's see. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Let's see where it goes, you know? <laughs> All right. Another thing I was checking in on today, uh, was a little bit about, you know, are you enjoying what you're doing at the moment? And what do you, what do you, how are you feeling about the whole thing about working full time on your product now? Uh, actually, really, really good. Um, it's been it's been quite a while since I've been working on the project full time. I think since for the last, uh, I mean, it's almost been a year to be honest. Um, and in the beginning, it was like more like still more software development, which I actually also really enjoy. I like coding, um, and I find that sometimes a little bit difficult to like do less of that and uh, focus more on like business related stuff. Mm. Um, but yeah, I try, I try to like sometimes still like do like code reviews and stuff like that because ultimately I know the most about our current code base out of everyone uh, within within the whole startup. Oh yeah. Um, but like there's other people that I've luckily found on the way that are helping with the software development side of things. Yeah, nice. Um, yeah, so I, I'm very fortunate. I found those people. I really enjoy working with them, and there's a good dynamic so far. Cool. How many people are working in your organization now? So it's uh, it's it's me and uh, two other uh, software developers. They work on a freelance basis on the project. Um, and the good thing is they both had a previous experience with working with uh, the the design tools, or so to say. Uh, 2D vector graphic design formats. <laughs> so uh, it, w- it was very, very helpful that they had previous experience there um, because if, I feel like it's something that is not that easy to understand if you yeah. don't have previous experience in. That's actually probably a really good point at time to introduce your product. We haven't mentioned it yet, so the people listening on the line are probably going, what are they talking about? <laughs> well, here's what I know. True. XD to Sketch is the name of it, and it's a tool that helps you convert design files such as Adobe XD and others to different formats. Um, XD to Sketch can convert source formats such as XD, Sketch, Figma, and Framer. And it's a great tool for designers or enthusiasts that need to quickly use an existing design file in a tool 
that's different from the one where it was originally produced without having to redo a bunch of work. Did I get that right? Is that a pitch in your work? That's a pretty good, pretty, pretty good description, I would say. Yeah. Um, the name's sometimes a little bit confusing, <laughs> I yeah. have to admit. Um, but that's just um, because that's how it naturally, that's how it started originally, right? Um, we started as an XT to sketch converter. Yeah. And then we uh, slowly extended it to supporting uh, other formats like uh, Figma, uh, and then obviously all the like all the directions, right? Like not just XT to sketch, also sketch to XT, sketch to Figma, sketch to Figma and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, we also tried to like rebrand it, and we came up with a new name and all that stuff. Stuff because uh, I think it's actually quite important that we get rid of the name. It's confusing a lot of people. I can see that in the support chat when people are like, yeah. uh, by the way, the name is a little bit confusing. <laughs> <laughs> that's um, all right. But that's probably a good one to talk about later, I think, in terms of some lessons learned. So what, yeah. what is it that people love about it? What, what, what is it that people are saying, we love this, this is why we want to pay you for this? It, it probably saves them a lot of time. Not yeah. probably, I've heard that from multiple people. Um, and I think this is something that, I've learned on the way as well. If you can really save people time, uh, then they're willing to put put down money for sure. Um, and yeah, that's probably it in a nutshell. Um, Very cool. Yeah, I can see, especially people in the design community who are, you know, they get given a design resource or something from another project and they're thinking, oh, I've got to get that into this new project. I really want to use it. Ah, it's in the wrong format, <laughs> which previously would have meant a whole bunch of rework for it, um, them. And so this this tool, this product XD to sketch can help them. You just run it through the tool, switches it to the other format, bang, you can start importing it and using it straight away. Is that right? Yeah, correct. Correct. Nice. And it was actually very interesting um, because in the, in the very beginning, I didn't necessarily know the exact use cases for it, Yeah. Um, but it helped me personally a lot to also be very active in the support chat that we have, talk to customers and then also like, Ask them kind of weird questions like, oh, by the way, why are you using this tool? Like, how yeah. did you find it? Like, what what are you trying to achieve? So you get like a very good understanding of um, what your customers are actually doing with your tool. Because sometimes it's a bit random. They, I mean, obviously, they're trying to convert a file, but there's probably uh, something else. Or why are they converting the file? I think that is something that I've learned on the way as well that helped me a lot to also make decisions on uh, what's next and... Uh, where the, where the product can evolve. That's an awesome approach you've taken there. That's actually very similar to uh, approach uh, by a gentleman by the name of Ben Orenstein. He runs a product called Tuple and Ben, they're doing really well. And he also does that. He spends a lot of time on support calls when he can so he can ask the exact same sort of questions. It's such a great form of finding out where to take your product in which direction to go. So you're doing a really good job there. Yeah. It's- <laughs> Speaking of which, like how long, how long ago was it? Like when did you come up with the idea? It must have been, I think I looked at you into the GitHub repository uh, a few weeks ago to check when the first first uh, commit was. And that was, I think, in April 2019. Um, so quite a long time ago, actually. Still in uh, product development land, mate, that's, that's a very good effort. April 2019 from there to a growing product, which is now expanded to different formats, which you now have a team working with you. Yeah, I think you're doing pretty well there. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah. So how did it happen? Like, how did you originally come up with the idea? Was this something that you 
needed to build for yourself or did you have some friends or com- uh, people in your in your business community that needed it or what happened? So I worked uh, as a freelancer on a project and there was a designer as well. And uh, obviously I was taking care of the front end side of things and he handed me over a, an XC file and told me, hey, here you go, uh, <laughs> create the website with it. And um, by the time, I, I sometimes do a little bit of design work um, and I was used to working with uh, Sketch. Yeah. Um, so he handed me over that XD file and, uh, I wanted to convert it to, to sketch because I had to like do some smaller modifications because, uh, parts of like the responsive stuff weren't like great. Um, so I had to go in change that myself, but I didn't want to do it in XD. Yeah. So I looked up, looked online for like a converter, but couldn't find one. And on top of that, there were a lot of, a lot of people asking for it actually. Wow. That's cool. Um, yeah, that's that's when I like the idea came up. Like, hey, hmm, maybe that is something I should be look. Maybe that's something I should look into. Um, maybe that's something I can actually create. You know, nice um, work. And uh, how long did it take from when you had that idea and built it until you had your first paying customer? So it actually took way longer than expected. Um, I initially thought it's way easier to create this kind of thing, yeah. but uh, turns out there was a reason for that. There was no such tool there yet <laughs> <laughs> because it was very complex to build. Yeah. Um, I, I started doing it like after work because uh, as I said last year, uh, in the beginning of last year, I, I worked uh, as a freelancer uh, on a few projects and I think it took almost till the end of the year to get like a, a, a working version going um and in the very beginning the tool was free but honestly speaking just for the reason because i knew there were a lot of bucks in there and i felt i didn't feel comfortable charging people for that yet yeah so i think the product launched in october uh 2019 and i think in january 2020 we started charging money for it well done that's actually quite a good good from april to November, did you say that's, yeah, that's not bad. And then three months of stabilization time and you're away. That's really good. That's less than 12 months. Yeah. Yeah. That's excellent. (laughs) I think that's actually quite a long time. Um, But before launching the product, we launched the website to, to get a better understanding of if there is enough interest for the converter. And I think honestly speaking, that also helped me personally to, to keep the motivation to work on it. Yeah. Because I saw like, people signing up every yep. day for it and they wanted it and they, they needed it and that just kept me going ultimately. Well done, man. So looking back on that so far now, since April last year until now, um, have you faced any significant challenges with it? And if so, how did you overcome them? Hmm, that is a good question. Um, I would say one of the biggest challenges or the mo- one of the most interesting things that I do experiment with is the pricing model and it's always very very scary yeah. to, to play with it um, and we've adjusted the pricing a few times but it never it never feels easy to do that it's always yeah. very difficult to do um, but I think it's important that people do that um, you can always go back and I think I've listened to like a podcast as well I can't remember the name but pretty much the gist of it was 
you should increase the pricing until uh, you lose customers. Um, and I'm not saying that goes for every product um, because there's different products that have different customers or different uh, ways of expanding or growing. Um, but I think, especially in the in the B2B world, I think it's 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 probably not a bad bad idea to to handle like that. I think I remember now. I was the the founder of WP Engine. Oh yeah, uh, um, yeah. And that's probably wise advice, I think, because you you you'll never get it right first go, and then you'll probably find if you're pricing too cheap, um, you might find you have customers who um, they, I don't know. They, probably they're more interested in having haggling with you and, and quibbling over certain things. Whereas if you're dealing with um, serious businesses or people that are actually getting serious value out of it, out of their day-to-day work, they're not going to, they're not going to query you too much. They're just going to say, yep, I'm getting value here. This is saving me so much time. I'm willing to pay for it. So yeah, finding that balance. Yeah. You're on the right track there. Yeah, definitely. I, and I think in my experience, uh, founders tend to, think that their product is worth less than it actually is at least from my experience yeah, and why do we do that we all do that <laughs> we all sit there and say you know I've, we've just spent the better part of almost a year building this thing and we price it so low that's a really interesting conundrum i don't know why that happens <laughs> yeah it's, it's 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 crazy um yeah i mean uh ultimately i'm not saying that like people should start with extremely high price tag but yeah i think Everyone should experiment with it and not just launch and, and stick with one price. That's it. Forever. The key is finding what value are you providing someone, hey? And if you correct, can determine correct. that, then you can start pegging your pricing correctly. And I think you could even like try to like make an equation out of it in the sense of, I mean, I guess sometimes, especially in our case, it's, it's, it's actually not that difficult to come up with a number here. Um, you could almost say, how long does it take one to convert this file, either by just like creating it from scratch, from scratch, or going through like SVG, exporting as a, as an SVG file, and then importing that SVG file and fixing all the issues that came up with it afterwards. Yeah. And you could even come up with an equation and be like, all right, this is gonna take someone X amount of hours, and then you could you could say, all right, depending on which country that customer sits, uh, you can multiply it by an hourly rate, and this is how much time it's or money it's gonna cost them. Yeah to actually do it manually. And then you you take like a fraction of that. I think I think you if you read online like you will find different people saying different things, but I think ten percent was or twenty percent of that was yeah. like a good price for the product then. Well there you go, man. You've probably just written yourself a new bunch of marketing material right there on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, so um that is definitely something that I've heard or came came across uh, while looking into that. Um so Numbers are an important thing as well, and I, I feel like it comes very unnatural to me to to base decisions uh, on numbers. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's also something completely new to me. True. So, um, what do you reckon's been the best thing so far about getting into it? What's been your favorite memory related to the project? Um, the best thing about it is that it is fascinating that people find it they hear about it they reach out um <laughs> i mean ultimately just like just like you did yeah that's 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 interesting as well i i came across you i was um you know i i as obviously speaking of products is all about people building technology products and i came across your work via twitter and i was looking into it and i was going this is interesting. This is a product here where someone has started as a simple little tool, XD to Sketch. For those people who um, may not be so familiar, when you see 
the word at the start, say XD, and then you see the number two in between and then some other word, sketch, XD to sketch, that's a sign that a developer has built it. And they've built it as a small, simple tool just to do a simple job. But then I noticed that it had grown and I noticed that it started turning into other things and I went, wow, there's a good story here. So yeah, that's why I, I got into it. So there you go. Um, but you find that meeting people like that, that's been a good memory for you, hey? Ah, definitely. I mean, I love making connections. I love meeting new people. Um, right now, it's a bit difficult to do that in person, but yeah. um, I also usually love to do that in person, uh, shake some hands and, and, and stuff like that. Uh, that's, yeah, that's probably my favorite part about it. Um, cool, just man. get to know people in the industry. Other, You also meet other founders that are doing businesses related uh, to, to, to what you're doing on the way. And I, I really, really like that. Yeah, nice. So has it opened up any doors now or opportunities that you think may not have happened otherwise? Uh, for me personally or yeah, for, 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 the, uh, for the product or for you personally? I mean, I, I honestly think that uh, knowing the right people is probably the most important thing in your life when it comes to business. Um, I think any relationship, uh, later you can come back to it. Maybe you can do business together or you can ask people for advice you can exchange experiences and stuff like that and i think that is what ultimately makes one successful yeah uh, as, as far as my understanding goes so far i agree I, we're, we're all we're all people who are in this this space building products and getting into that everyone most people are actually quite you know forthcoming friendly love talking to each other love sharing ideas with each other and i think what you're saying there echoes with me really strongly so yeah yeah, I mean, I also find that Twitter is is, is providing me with more, more and more value in the sense of just like yourself, people are reaching out, you, you start to have conversations and stuff like that. And I always found it very difficult to, to um, interact with Twitter, so to say, and uh, yeah. find people to follow that post interesting stuff. But it's getting better and better and easier and easier. Yeah. Um, so I can definitely recommend also, uh, trying to like be more active on Twitter because there's so many interesting people on there that have, uh, interesting things to share and people engage in dialogues and it's just good stuff that comes out of it. Really. Exactly. There you go, folks. Reach out to Kevin. He's always open for a conversation on Twitter. <laughs> we'll probably link up to your yeah. Twitter handle at the end of the, end of the session. That would be great. Yeah. So, um, How's the product going these days? Like you said before, you were thinking it's moving into a, a new new era and it's, it's perhaps getting a new name, going in a different direction. So what's happening with it and where do you see it going in a year or two or three years from now or maybe even five years from now? What do you, what do you see it? So the, the problem that we currently have is that the product is not necessarily a product. It's more so currently a feature that does one thing and one thing really well, which is great and like people love it and use it. But the challenge right now is to extend the current version of it uh, to become something that could provide even more value to, to the users, right? So we have a lot of users and uh, they, they like us, they trust us, and we have a lot of knowledge as well. Um, and now the challenge is to craft more features around it or make it like a bigger product. So what I'm spending my time on mostly is thinking of new ideas, prototyping those ideas and validating them ultimately going back to where it all started and doing it all over again. Yeah. Wow. Um, that's, that's common. I was speaking 
to Ben Mann the other day. Ben's been producing a product called Playgroup and he's also had the same sort of situation that you just described where version one came out, it did what it needed to, but then he saw opportunities for it to get better. So he basically rewrote the entire code base and version two oh, is wow. out there. And who there's there's so many stories with people producing product where that happens to them. So yeah, you're not alone there. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think it's uh, it's very interesting at times, frustrating, but I guess that's what 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 you have to be. You have to be very uh, persistent uh, and just keep going at it. The, uh, giving up is really no option, ultimately, yeah. right? <laughs> hey, that's actually probably a good segue into the next question I was going to ask: is um, what is a common myth and about building and launching a product that? you think is out there that, and can you debunk it? Obviously, obviously, a lot of people sit there and they say, ah, oh, it's too hard. I can't do it. Maybe I should just give up. So what do you reckon is a common myth about building and launching your own technology product? Mm, I think, I mean, I'm not sure if that's a myth, but I think a lot of people believe in they're going to build something and people are just going to buy it off the shelf. Yeah. Um, you need definitely need to iterate on it. Uh, you need to, you need to see how people use it. If they use it, you need to speak to people as early as possible. Um, even in my opinion, even before there is any product. Um, and I think no product has been a success overnight. Like I think a lot of people, they just see the success and they think, all right, this has just been built and it worked like they intended it to work. The founders intended it to work. Yeah. But most of the time it's a lot of work. It's a lot of iterations that went that those people went through. And I think that is probably the biggest myth, in my opinion, um, from from yeah from an outside perspective. Yeah, and from experience, probably as well. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Nice man, that's cool. So that's some good advice. What other advice would you give to someone wanting to start or grow their own product based business and uh, following your footsteps, perhaps? Mm, as I just said, uh, like speak to customers as early as possible. Try to find the dialogue. Because it will also ultimately save you a lot of time if you're trying to chase something that maybe is not a good idea, right? Cool. Um, it's also important to not ask questions in terms of just giving them the solution. Like people will try to be nice, right? They will be like, all right, oh, this is a pretty cool idea. I can see myself using that. I think you should more so ask questions around how do you work? Uh, what are you spending a lot of time on? Like is this sucking up a lot of your energy during the day like is that like a process that is very tedious mm -hmm. yeah try to ask like more so questions about how people do things and how they work instead of just like proposing them with a solution asking them if they would find that useful nice because that engages the conversation right it just opens up the dialogue and you never know where it'll go yeah. from there and I, I think it gives you more honest answers right if you tell someone, Hey, I've been working on this product. Like I've, I've spent like the last two weeks, uh, building this. They don't want to insult you, especially if they don't know you really well. Right. They want to be, they want to be nice about it. They're going to be like, Oh, this is pretty cool. You know, oh, you created that yourself. It's not going to be an honest answer if they will actually use it at the end of the day Yeah, or pay for it ultimately. You mentioned earlier, um, you were reading a few books. Are there any other resources that have really helped you on your journey producing your product? So any perhaps books or sites or things that you go to? Mm, I would say the, the Lean, Lean Startup book is also really nice. Ah, it's someone by Eric Reese, is that right? Correct, yeah. I would definitely recommend that as well. Um, 
Another thing that is maybe a little bit uh, untypical uh, that I recently started doing, I, uh, have a, I have a good friend. We usually work in the same co-working space together. And he also has his own uh, SaaS business. And we we work together maybe like two, three times a week. Oh, yeah. And additionally, we found another guy on Twitter. He is currently also trying to grow his own own product, also a SaaS product. Yeah. And what we do now is we have like a biweekly call where we update each other on what we're currently working on. We talk about the the things that we're the challenges that we're facing, the the goals we're setting for ourselves. And then we kind of keep each other in check. Yeah. So it's, you're basically providing a way for each other to set goals, but also keep each other honest. Correct. Correct. And on top of that, I think it, it really helps you because I feel like working by yourself is extremely difficult. It's probably one of the most exhausting things to just work by yourself. Oh, man. You don't yeah. Someone sitting next to Tell you. Tell me about or, it. When COVID happened earlier in the year and we were all in lockdown in Australia here, um, this, it's still ongoing in Melbourne, um, but it happened to us here in Canberra as well. And it was just such a weird feeling being completely isolated from other humans for such a long time. I've never experienced it in my life. I'm, a, I'm quite an outgoing person most of the time and I love talking to people. And I was just thinking, wow, this is, this is different. I've, I've definitely got to get out there and talk to people. I was calling up old lost, long, long lost friends from <laughs> ages ago, you know, primary school friends. <laughs> hey, how are you? Long time no see. <laughs> so yeah, yes, I understand yeah. what you're saying there. Um, but what you said, that's really interesting where you're connecting with people who are in the same space in life as you, like they're all building a product at the same time. So you, you're on the same wavelength. Yeah. Yeah, correct. And like there's, they, they, we, we share our experiences and that I think helps to also learn from other people's experiences, right? Yeah. Um, so like, I don't know, my friend would tell me like, hey, I'm currently uh, doing this change to my product. I'm experimenting with it. And like, this is the challenges I faced and this is what I've ultimately learned from it, right? Like once he executes on it. Yeah. And then maybe I like, will come across something similar like down the road and then I can be like, all right cool. My, my buddy did that, you know, and I kind of know better how to handle the situation. Then. Yeah. Cool. Good advice, man. That's awesome. So I, th I think it's like, uh, it's like a good thing to, to surround yourself with like like-minded people yeah. uh, that work on similar stuff uh, for, for multiple reasons. One of them is just like working by yourself is extremely hard. Most bootstrapped businesses are probably solo founded businesses. Yeah. I would say. And I think especially if you're a solo founder, something like that helps a lot. Great advice. That's great. So what else is keeping you busy these days? What are you curious about other than working on your product? What else has got your interest? Huh. That is a good question. To be honest, it's it's probably uh, that's the one thing that's keeping my mind running the most. Yeah. Um, yeah. Other than that, I mean... It's COVID after all, yeah. right? There's not, there's not, <laughs> there's not much we can do, right? <laughs> Just yeah, thought so, we'd um, <laughs> I definitely feel like I've been working more ever since uh, Corona started. Yeah. Um, but here in Germany, it's not too bad. I think things are getting slowly back to normal. Um, I don't think we're going to have a second lockdown here. So yeah. that's good. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I just try like to see friends as much as possible. There's a couple of like big birthdays coming up including mine. Oh, really? Yeah. So uh, the 30th, so I have to start planning for that as well. Um, well, happy, I want to happy birthday in advance, mate. 
Thank you very much. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I probably uh, I'm probably going to start planning that because it's 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 a big birthday and uh, there cool. needs to be some organization to ha happen around that. Nice. So, yeah. Well, we're getting towards the end of the interview now. So before I wrap up, if you had all the time and resources that you needed, what ridiculously ambitious project would you work on and why? Oh, wow. That is an interesting question. That is a very interesting question. Um, that is a bit of an Elon Musk question, I have nice, to say. Nice, nice. I like where <laughs> you're going. <laughs> I mean, I, th I think ultimately what I'm, what I'm passionate about is building something that a lot of people use. Yeah. Um, and I, I honestly, uh, honestly speaking, I really like the industry I'm in. So I think I would stick, even if I would have all the time and all the money and the resources, I would probably stick with software. I yeah. really like what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, it would probably just enable me to, uh, to, to just hire more, more people, uh, that are passionate about the same thing and grow into like a bigger company. Yeah. Nice. All right. That's cool, man. Well, Kevin, where can our listeners find out more about XD to sketch and where can they connect with you online? So, yeah, I mean, if you want to check out the product, if you're a UI UX designer and you, uh, you feel like you should give it a try, uh, just head over to our website. It's uh, xdtosketch.com. Um, if you want to connect with me personally, you can find me on Twitter. Uh, my handle is kgoedeke, that is spelled G-O-E-D-E-C-K-E. Um, yeah, I'm happy to get in touch with you guys uh, and have a bit of a chat. If you have any questions about um, how we are currently running things or you want to you wanna ask some questions about um, how we do the conversions and stuff like that, feel cool. free to reach out. Thanks, Kevin. That's really nice of you to offer that. That's great. Well, I really appreciate you giving up your time today to have a bit of a chat. I reckon we've learned a lot about the motivations behind things, but also some really cool lessons we can take away when we're building products. So thanks, Kevin. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I hope uh, a few folks out there can can maybe uh, take some uh, some notes from that. Um, and yeah, as I said, I'm always happy to to chat about the the stuff that we're working on because uh, ultimately it's 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 a job, but also it's it's sort of a hobby as well. Yeah, so, it's a passion. Um, it's a life passion which turns into a job. <laughs> correct 100 cool well thanks kevin we'll catch you next time all right sounds good then cool and there you have it that's the interview with kevin gerdicke i really enjoyed it and i hope you got a lot out of it as well like we said in the show if you want to reach out to kevin jump onto twitter as you're probably your best bet and also have a look at his site xdtosketch.com I'll put all the details in the show notes so you can check there if you need to. And with that, sadly, that's the end of the show. That's all we've got time for today. So it seems most appropriate to get into our shout-outs. Shout-outs this week, obviously, go to everyone I'm connected to on Twitter. I've had such a cool week uh, talking to a few people here and there on Twitter. I've just been finding everyone there is so friendly and they're open to sharing and having conversations. So yeah, look, if I'm connected to you on Twitter, thank you. And if I'm not... Why don't you jump on there and connect with me now? You never know. Last but not least, I'll mention Patreon. If you'd like to support Speaking of Products, please consider visiting patreon.com slash speakingofproducts and pledging either a one-off or a regular donation. Our current goal is to work with a professional podcast editor each week so I can use that time to get back to working on my product. To find out more about anything mentioned in today's show, head on over to the show notes at speakingofproducts.com. If you have a question, 
feedback or suggestions for a topic, I'd love to hear from you. I also welcome short snippets about your own product journey, which we can go through on the show. You can reach me via Twitter at Speak of Products or at Mr. Dan Miller. Subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast player or wherever you get your podcasts by searching for Speaking of Products. If you enjoy the show, it would mean a lot to me and to other potential listeners if you would consider giving a rating. Ratings help other people find out about the show, so please take a moment to visit Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or your other favorite podcast hosting platform and let us know what you think. Speaking of Products is a creation of Miller Productions. I'm Dan Miller, and you're a fantastic product maker. All the best with whatever you're working on, and remember to keep speaking of products. Thanks for listening. I'll catch you next time.